the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on The Tom Sumner Program. About four days ago, a plane landed at Idlewild Airport. The plane came from the Middle East, bearing a man who claims to be 2,000 years old. He spent the last six days at the Mayo Clinic. (laughs) Sir, is it true that you are 2,000 years old? Oh, boy. Yes. You are too... Uh, it's hard to believe, sir, because in the history of man, nobody's ever lived more than 167 years as the man from Peru would claim to be. But you claim to be 2,000. Yes, I'll be... I'm not yet. I'll be... I'll be uh, 2,000 October 16th. <laughs> You'll be 2,000... Where, when were you born? We uh, didn't have uh, formal... Years and names and, and writing. We didn't know. I see. And what? nobody kept time. See, we didn't know. We didn't write. We just sat around. And we pointed in the sky and we said, "Whoa, hot boy!" You know. That's all you said. We didn't even know it was the sun. We thought. Uh, you mean you really didn't know we didn't anything? Know anything. We were so dumb and stupid. <laughs> we didn't know who was a lady. <laughs> But they were. Well, they was with us. We but didn't know who they were. <laughs> we didn't know who was the you, ladies and who was fellas. You thought it was they were just different type of yes, fellas. Yes, stronger or smaller or yes, softer. The softer ones, I think, were ladies all the time. <laughs> well, what, what? How did you find out but they were ladies? A cute fat guy could he could have mistaken him for a Soft and cute. Who was the person who discovered the female? Bernie. <laughs> Who was Bernie? Bernie, one of the first leaders of, the, of our group. And he discovered the female. Yes. How did it happen? He How said, hey, there's, there's ladies here. <laughs> I'm very interested to find out how Bernie discovered the woman. Well, he... How did he, it come to pass? He, one morning, he got up smiling. <laughs> so, he said, I think there's ladies here. <laughs> so, I said, what do you mean, you know? So, he said... Because in the night, I was thrilled and delighted. See? <laughs> so then he went into such a story that uh, it's hundreds of years later, I still blush. Sir, uh, could you give us the secret of your longevity? Well, the major thing 
the major thing is that I never, ever touch fried food. <laughs> I don't eat it, I wouldn't look at it, and I don't touch it. And, and they uh, never run for a bus, there'll always be another. Even if, even if you're late from work, you know, I never run for a bus, I never ran, I just strolled jaunty, jolly, walking to the bus stop, you know? Yeah, well, there were no buses in the time no, of the, in my, the rock. No, in my time, I mean, I... What was the means of transportation then? Mostly fear. <laughs> fear transported you? Fear, yes. You would see an animal would, would growl, you would go two miles in a minute. But I suppose you Fear had... would be the main propulsion. Yes, but I think most people are interested in living a long and fruitful life as yes. you have. You mentioned... Fruit is good, too. You mentioned fruit. <laughs> fruit it? kept me going for 140 years once when I was... I was on a very strict diet, mainly nectarines. I love that fruit. It's a half a peach, half a plum, such a hell of a fruit. I love it. Not too cold, not too hot, you know, just nice. What is being Even a rotten one is good. I love it. That's how much I love them. I'd rather eat a rotten nectarine than a fine plum. What do you think of that? I can understand that. Yes, that's how much I love them. Yes, I can understand that. Yes, yes. Sir? Some good things. Sir, what sir. did you do for a living? Well... Many years ago, thousands of years ago, there was no heavy industry. We know that. The most uh, things that we manufactured or we made, the most things that we ever made was uh, we would make, uh, take a piece of wood, see, and rub it and, and rub it and clean it and look at it and hit earth with it and hit a tree with it. For what purpose? Just to keep busy. There was nothing. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing to do. We had no jobs, don't you? What see? other jobs were there? There must have been something else beside hitting a tree with a no, piece of that, stick. No, that well, hitting a tree with a piece of stick was already a good job. <laughs> you couldn't get that job, you know. What job? Mainly was sitting and looking in the sky was a big job, and another job was watching each other was one thing. <laughs> that was lifelike, looking at each other. Uh, what uh, language did you speak at that time? They spoke uh, uh, rock, basic rock. Basic rock. Yeah. That was before Hebrew. Yeah, but it was 200 years before Hebrew. It was the rock language or rock talk. Could you give us an example yes. of that? Uh, hey, uh, put that, don't throw that rock at me. Put that rock. <laughs> hey, now what are you doing with the rock? Uh, call a policeman, for God's I sake. See. Put that rock away. I see. That was the rock. Now, do you remember, do you remember your Hebrew, sir? Yes, I I, Would you I think I remember fluently. Because I understand the modern Hebrew is different from the... Uh, yes, okay. it differs in some of the phonetic alliterations and patterns. Yes. yes. Can, can we hear an example of the ancient Hebrew? Uh, the very ancient Hebrew is... Uh, oh, hi there. Hello. <laughs> Hello there, how are you? I'm all right, how are you? That's English. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, Do you remember any Hebrew? Very little, I think. <laughs> I don't think I remember it. I must have forgot a great deal of it. <laughs> I think you forgot it all, sir. Maybe all, yes. Maybe all. Yes. It's thousands of years since I needed it. In, <laughs> now, Honestly. sir, did you, ever, did you ever have any formal job, as we know it today? Yeah, well, I was a manufacturer. I was an owner. What kind of a factory did you have? I had a... Uh, I used to make the Star of David, the Jewish stars. I was one of the first... <laughs> Oh, yes, that. the little soon thing you were... said, uh, yeah, as soon as religion came in, I was one of the first in that. <laughs> I figured this is a good thing. Yes, and how did you make them? Did you have tools? Well, we didn't have uh, lathes. I employed six men. 
See, each with a point. <laughs> and they used to run together in the middle of the factory. And in their great speeds, they would fuse the thing. And it would Thus make, making a star. Yes, we would make two a day because of the many accidents. <laughs> we'd have six men running at high oh. speed. But boy, you know, plenty of accidents. You never thought of going into anything else? No, I had an author once. What a fella that? came to me, Simon. What did Simon ask you to do? He said, if you have a new thing, a new item, a winner, it looks like a winning item that it's going to be a big seller. It's called a cross. <laughs> and uh, I looked at it, and I turned it over, and I looked in all sides of it, and I said, uh, it's simple. It's too simple. I didn't know then it was eloquent. Uh, <laughs> you mean you, no, I didn't know it would be such turned, a hit. You turned him down. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm too busy. Uh, See, I could have I could have fired four men. Two men run together, bang, you got a cross. <laughs> See, I could have saved. I would well, I, I would have had over a hundred dollars today if I went in the cross. Just in everywhere. Today. By the way, sir, uh, are you married? I have been married several hundred times. <laughs> several hundred yes. times. Yes. You have been married. Do you remember all your wives? One I remember well. <laughs> Which one was that? The third one, Shirley. <laughs> I remember her. I I'm afraid to ask the next question. You had many hundreds of wives. Hundreds and hundreds of wives. How many children do you have? I have over 42,000 children. <laughs> and not one comes to visit me. <laughs> in the afternoon, oh, said, yes. Terrible. You bet. How they forget a father. Sure. That's awful, sir. It's really... You mean to say there isn't one daughter that Many favors daughters, you? Many daughters, but, but they, you know how they are. Children, good luck to them. Let them go. And I don't want... Listen, let them be happy. As long as they're happy, I don't care. But they could send a note and write, how you pop, how you doing, pop, you know. Something. They no, they don't. Sir, um... You must have known some great men in your time. You did travel throughout I the world. I knew the great and the near great. Could I ask you about some of these? Certainly. I'll tell you the true, the true whether I knew or not. For instance, people are, people are very interested in somebody like Joan of Arc. A lot has been written about her, and we read a lot about her. Ah, what a cutie. Joan of Arc. You knew Joan of Arc. I went with her, dummy. I went with her. Nowhere in history do we uh, know of Joan going with anybody. Well, they don't print that. They don't print everything. You didn't marry her. No, no, I didn't marry her because she was on a mission, you know. She used to say to me, she used to say to me, uh, I gotta say friends. I used to say, I look, I gotta wash up. You say friends. I'll see you later. After you'll say friends, I'll wash up, you know. How did you feel? Her and her way, me and mine. Yes. You know? How did you feel about her being burnt at the stake? Terrible. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, sir, how about some of the legendary characters who supposedly might have existed? For instance, Robin Hood. Did he exist? Oh, yeah. Lovely man. Yeah. Ran around in the forest. Did he really steal from the rich and give to the poor? No, he didn't. He didn't. He stole from everybody and kept everything. <laughs> well, how, did legend, how did legend? How did legend spring up that he was Yeah, that fella Marty. Marty, the press agent, ran in all the papers and wrote in scrolls. He took them to rich, he gave to the poor. Who knew? Who knew? He'd give you such a knock in the head when they robbed you, you wouldn't remember anything. In other words, uh, we... He was a tough guy. I hate to have our, our legendary figures smashed like Well, this. I hate to smash him for it. <laughs> yes. But did you, you... You've lived so long. Did you ever have an accident in all this time? An accident or An accident. Oh, an accident. <laughs> uh, yes. 
Yes, in the, in the year 61, I was hit, to, I was run over by seven men fleeing a lion. <laughs> they ran me over. That, that's the extent of all that. But they didn't have insurance, I didn't have insurance. <laughs> there was no such thing then. Uh, so who, you laid there till you got back. What amazed <laughs> In the 2,000 years you've lived, you've seen yes, a lot of changes. Yes, uh, certainly. What is the biggest change you've seen? In 2,000 years, the greatest thing mankind ever devised, that I think, in my humble opinion, is saran wrap. <laughs> you can put a sandwich in it, you can look through it, you can touch it and put it over your face and pull around and everything. It's you, so good, it kills you, you can wrap it up. You equate this I love with... it. You can put three olives in it and put a little one. You can put ten sandwiches in to make a picture of it. Whatever you want, it clings and it sticks. It's you great. equate this you with... You can this... look right through it. You equate this with man's discovery of space? That was good. <laughs> that was good. That, that was a good thing. Well, sir, uh, we don't have too much more time, but we all here would like to know your code. Well... All right. Is this it? You're My on. Farewell. Your okay. Farewell address. Hello there. <laughs> this is 2,000 years talking to you from the depths of back there when we was. Now I'm still and they not. <laughs> and I just want to say, keep your smile on your face and stay out of a Ferrari or any small Italian car. <laughs> stay out of them. And I want to tell you that it's been, it's been a wonderful 2,000 years. And you've been a wonderful civilization. And it's been a thrill living for 2,000 years. And eat a nectarine. It's the best fruit ever made. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. But it's a welcome change of face from the madness.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. 
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and my guest this hour is a senior strategist with People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, or PETA. And uh, we're going to talk about when kids want to go vegan and, and what to do and how to support that with Faith Robinson, who joins me by phone. Good morning, Faith. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, it, it. when my kids were little, I could never have imagined them wanting to be vegan. I couldn't imagine them even finishing their vegetables. <laughs> How has that changed? Well... I'm sure, as you know, children just have a natural compassion and empathy for animals. And I feel like if we had more conversations about where food, our food comes from, children will naturally want to eat vegan foods rather than foods made from animals. I myself have a two-year-old. We have these discussions about animals and why we should treat them with respect and compassion. And it's really never been easier. There's so many options out there to live a healthy and compassionate lifestyle, a vegan one. You know, when you say there are lots of options out there, I was thinking about some of the some of the meat substitutes, you know, the um, soy burger and, you know, there are even uh, some more interesting ones recently impossible burgers and and those kinds of things um is it is it a good idea to try and find substitutes for the meat and potatoes diet that a lot of people uh including myself have have been used to throughout their lives or is it better to just you know stay away from the idea of meat altogether, not try to replace it, just go a different way? I personally don't know anyone, I don't think, that went vegan because they didn't like the taste of what they were eating growing up. I myself wasn't vegan my whole life, but you make the decision to go vegan when you have the information provided to you about the tremendous suffering that animals used for food go through. So I think if you're interested in, you know, those eating those same things that you grew up eating, my family and I, we love this recipe that my husband's grandmother has always made growing up. It's a special spaghetti recipe. And we make that with um, vegan crumbles rather than ground beef. So we can still enjoy all those same flavors that he um, grew up with and we can give to our daughter. So you can still enjoy those things. Like you mentioned, um, Beyond Burgers are a great option. Guardian has vegan chicken nuggets. Kids will love. You can eat all of those same, you know, great flavors that you love without hurting animals. But I was I was thinking more in terms of, of making the switch. If you decide, you know, look, I for for health reasons, for humanitarian reasons, I wanna go vegan. Um does it does it help the cause to try and replace you know hamburgers and um, other you know meats, hot dogs, whatever, um, with those kinds of substitutes, or to just make the decision? I'm not going to eat meat anymore, 
or or is it easier if you have something you know old familiar tastes to hang on to yes i see what you're saying and i can definitely see being vegan and trying new options trying tofu trying to just have more whole food options as well rather than some of these like more processed um alternatives i can definitely see that that could be a great opportunity to just like you know try new things and get most like healthy food possible into your diet but it's also it's it's something it's great to have these options when you are around people who maybe aren't eating vegan or aren't open to the idea yet where they can still eat those same flavors you can bring these to like barbecues you can you know serve them to family who are maybe not very open to trying vegan yet and you can show them how delicious it is and that they can still have those same types of food in their diet. So you can you can have it both ways. You can try new things, but you can also have some of those, you know, comfort foods that you had growing up and it's still you're still saving so many animals. Yeah, I just wondered if there was um you know, if there was a tendency if you replace say hamburgers with fake hamburgers if if you're really weaning yourself from that dependence on uh, animal-based foods or or if you would just slide back into that if it was better to just say you know I just I'm I'm going to divorce myself from you know that those habits and those tastes and and just create a whole new palate for myself yeah, and I think it's really up to the individual in that. Uh, if you feel like it might be too challenging, then sticking to just whole foods is a great idea. It's great for your health, but it's also still great for your health to choose these alternatives. They're lower in um, cholesterol. Vegan foods have no cholesterol, whereas you get that from animal-based foods. They, and people who eat vegan have lower rates of heart disease, obesity, cancer, and diabetes. So you're still helping your health, the planet, and saving about 200 animals every year when you eat vegan. Now, a lot of people that I've talked to that are involved with uh, PETA um, and and who are um, vegan for a variety of other reasons all started with with a realization that they didn't want to eat animals anymore, either because of the cruelty involved in the production, or it just grossed them out, the thought of actually eating animals. Um, how was it for you? Yeah, I went vegan when I was in college, and it was really based on just the understanding of where my food was coming from. I hadn't given it a lot of thought, and when I went out and was on my own, choosing my own uh, making my own decisions about what I was eating, I just started doing research into, you know, animals and where our food comes from and realizing that, you know, pigs care for their children just as much as, like, we do and that chickens can plan for their futures and learning so many facts about how amazing animals around us are that I just wasn't paying attention to before just made me feel... Just bad for eating them, and I decided 
to go vegan and to try it out, even though I knew no other vegans. Um, and it's really benefited my life in so many ways. I feel healthier. I feel like my my decisions of what I'm eating are more aligning with my morals and who I want to be. And I now feel like I'm being a good role model for my daughter. And you said that that happened for you, that that transition happened for you when you were in college. But younger and younger kids are starting to have those thoughts and make that transition. And and I want to talk about that with, with uh, a new school year coming up and parents planning, you know, what they're going to send with lunches and all the different things that are associated with that. But you mentioned something a couple of minutes ago, Faith, that I wanted to go back and visit. You mentioned barbecues, and I thought, how do you, how do you have a barbecue with Labor Day coming up? Um, how do you, how how do you have a barbecue without those standard barbecue things, hamburgers and hot dogs and barbecue chicken and and spare ribs and stuff? It it, what kinds of things can you do? to have that same sort of family outing, uh, um, you know, for me, it's it's a grill on the deck, but uh, a lot of people have different traditions they do. But, but how do you, uh, what are some things that people can do to have that same sort of uh, uh, holiday, festive eating tradition? Well, I'll tell you, it sounds like my family's traditions are very similar to yours. We <laughs> love to grill out in our backyard on our deck, and we bring Beyond Burgers, our, our favorite. We get that with some vile like vegan cheese, because I love a cheeseburger. So we do that. Um, we also have done, like, tofurkey hot dogs. We grill corn and zucchini. Um, and my husband's also made some really great seitan ribs, homemade, and put barbecue sauce in those, and they taste amazing. So it's really, we live in Texas, so there's a lot of, like, barbecue stuff around. So yeah. we make our own. <laughs> there's also a lot of restaurants that will serve vegan options. So it's really so accessible nowadays that you can enjoy all of those great things without hurting animals. So it really doesn't change the, the flavor palette or... or um or the custom at all. It doesn't happen. Right, we're still enjoying all those things, yes, that we loved to do growing up and that we wanted to still do, like, on our own as adults now. So we're still enjoying all of that stuff. And the food is amazing. Yeah, I imagine the the pressure is uh, um, to, to barbecue is pretty intense in Texas. <laughs> a lot of people cook out so we enjoy that with our neighbors and our family we are still involved and it's it's really great to be able to offer vegan options to people who haven't tried a vegan burger or a vegan hot dog before because they're always so just like pleasantly shocked they're like wow i can't believe this tastes just like my hot dog and so we love to share food with other people and just you know show them that you can have all of that stuff and live a more compassionate life and a healthier one. How does uh, peanut butter and jelly rank in, in the grand scheme of, of uh, 
vegan alternatives to food choices? Oh, well, I have a two-year-old, and let me tell you, we have peanut butter and jellies, like, once a day, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> peanut butter is great because nut-based, it's high in protein. Um, we get a, like, no-sugar-added jelly and put on whole-grain bread. It's a great option, and it's still one of those great staples that you can add to your kids' lunch going back to school this upcoming school year that, you know, will keep them healthy, keep them full, but if parents are looking for other options too, there's like tofurkey deli slices and vegan cheese slices. You can make uh, sandwiches or bring those with crackers with fruits and veggies. Or if you're looking for like whole food options, we also sometimes make like egg salad sandwiches from chickpeas or tofu. Um, you can make vegetable fried rices, things like that too to bring to school. And and what about uh, some of the different yogurt offerings for packing lunch bags or lunch boxes? Yes, there are so many brands that are now doing dairy-free yogurt. You can find soy varieties, almond, coconut. It's very similar to, like, you've seen an explosion in vegan milks. It's very similar with yogurt. So many different flavors, uh, fruit infused. Um, sometimes I go and I think, well, there's almost more vegan options now for dairy alternatives than there is in the dairy section. Um, so we've tried quite a few. They're all really delicious, but it's really just, you know, based on your preference. From a, uh, from a vegan standpoint, why is um, a... a uh, um, a non-dairy milk or um, egg alternative preferable? Uh, are, are, is, is having milk from cows damaging to cows in some way? Well, cows make milk for the same reasons that humans do for their babies. So they have to be forcibly impregnated and then their babies taken from them and usually immediately after birth, so that their milk for their babies can be taken and used for humans. So it's really, if you see some of these videos of these mother cows chasing after their calves, it's heartbreaking. They want so badly to be able to nurse their babies, but they can't because, you know, we want that milk for ourselves. And also, it's unhealthy for us. The former director of, the, of pediatrics at Johns Hopkins was even quoted as saying, there's no reason to drink cow's milk at any time in your life. It was designed for cows. It's not designed for humans. And we should all stop drinking it today. So there's so many different alternatives. You can save cows, but also better your health your health by not drinking dairy milk. You know, I did not know that. I learned something today. I did not know that, that cows were impregnated in order to activate giving milk. And you're not alone in that. I didn't know that until I really, like, tried to research it and learn for myself. It's not something that they are putting on the front, on the pictures of the pretty cows and fields on the milk carton. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's it's, it's like it's like having, uh, I, I remember hearing cows referred to as milking cows. 
And I just thought there was a certain kind of cow that gave lots and lots of milk. It's just been so much a part of especially rural American life. Um, it, it, that's been an image of farms forever is the farmer getting up early in the morning to go out to the barn and milk the cows to, to start his day and to gather eggs. What about the idea of, of, um, laying hens, you know, hens, hens that are kept for the purpose of, uh, the eggs they can produce? Well, today the Hens that are used for eggs are often bred to overproduce. Their bodies, they just give out as they're trying to produce so many eggs for humans. They're often kept in these, like, tiny cages. They're stacked on top of one another. And even if you see things like free range, those are so misleading. They're used to mislead, you know, customers who want to do better into thinking that that's somehow better for the chickens when it's not. That may just mean that they're all housed still on top of each other, but they're not in a cage. They're just in a giant, like, almost like a warehouse type thing. So it's it's really horrible, the conditions that they're living in. We really encourage people, try, you know, a vegan alternative. Try making a scramble with tofu or something instead. Um, and go on to PETA.org. See for yourself what happens to these chickens that are used for eggs. Yeah, I remember. I remember reading somewhere, or maybe it was uh, one of your colleagues from PETA that that was uh, telling me that in order to qualify to call um, eggs free range eggs, that the enclosure that the chickens were kept in, um, in in order to qualify for that labeling the only requirement was that there be a window. Yes, and sometimes even like a small, like gated area to fresh air, but it's so small, like hardly any of the chickens that are housed in that area can get to it even. So they use these as a way to, like I said, mislead good people who want to do better, but they're just, you know, being used by this system. So, it's really better see for yourself, you know, do the research, and then I definitely think that you'll choose the vegan alternatives. Well, I know when my kids were young, and this goes back many years, they got really tired of um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> I was sending those with their lunches too often, and part of the reason was because I wasn't concerned about refrigerating, you know, those Mm -hmm. and um i i guess what i'm leading up to is talking about a couple of um a couple of different lunchbox um options you know things like like can we pack a couple of lunchboxes and and show how it can be made you know not the same thing day after day um but, you know, meet the requirements of, of a vegan diet. Yes, and it's great to switch things up and keep things exciting for your kids. Yeah, too. exactly. So they're getting a little, bit of, a little bit sick of the peanut butter and jelly. Um, maybe making one of those tofurkey um, jelly slices and cheese sandwiches or doing some kind of power bowl could be interesting and fun. 
add some quinoa and beans in there for, you know, a good protein, um, nutrition-packed meal to keep them thriving at school. And then hummus and veggies, too, is a great option. Hummus is so delicious. I know our, our toddler loves that. Um, and definitely pack fruits and vegetables. Apples and peanut butter are great, too, because um, then you get a really nutritious, healthy fruit and then also protein from the peanut butter. So doing some of those things to, to shake it up a little bit. And we've got a lot of resources, recipes for school lunches and things like that um, at pitakids.com. Is it important for, well, of course it's important, but how can parents um, ensure that their kids don't have peanut allergies, for example? We're hearing about peanut allergies more and more these days than I ever remember. Yes, if you haven't introduced peanuts into your child's diet yet, I would just encourage anyone to talk to their pediatrician. That's what we did for my daughter, just Uh. to help ensure, you know, make sure that she wasn't allergic. We don't have any history of peanut allergy in our families, but it was important, too, to just have that discussion about any potential allergies as you get there. Now, with some of these uh, alternatives um, for packing a vegan lunch, for kids, um, and you mentioned you know some some of the meat substitutes. Do they have the same refrigeration requirements that traditional uh, or animal-based meats do? I do believe you'll still want to keep them cold. You will still find the vegan cheeses and um, tofurkey deli slices and things like that in the refrigerated section, the way you would um, the non-vegan versions. So I would probably get some kind of insulated bag still for those if you're going to go with it. Um, But, you know, I've seen people, too, get like a non-dairy yogurt and freeze it and so it falls out throughout the day. So that that might be a good option, too, if you don't have a refrigerated or a cold bag. Actually, you know, that's that's a great idea um, as a way to um, create an edible uh, freezer pack <laughs> you know use it to chill other things that are in the in in the lunchbox yeah that's true because then you just throw in a, a frozen um a frozen soy yogurt or something more with faith robinson from PETA straight ahead Yeah. 
This is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, My Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom It's Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company, and then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. 
These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov slash AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Faith Robinson from PETA straight ahead. What about beverages? Well, you can, there's lots of different types of vegan milks like we talked about. And several of them also come in chocolate. That's what your kid is really into. Juices are great. Um, and you can find some kids like protein drinks and stuff that are vegan at your local supermarket if you're just looking around there yeah i just i I was just thinking about that because there are so many you know almost kool-aid type you know imitation fruit juices that are made in ways that are so easy to pack it's it's very tempting to go for those and i and i was wondering what some of the you know um uh, unsweetened or naturally sweetened alternatives were yeah and i think the ingredients on those should be able to tell you if it's just natural cane sugar or if it's um stevia something plant-based as a sweet as a um no calorie sweetener or something like that so you can check the ingredients on that and then we just always when we're shopping we just look at the ingredient list and you can usually quickly tell if something is vegan looking first at the allergen information, see if there are um, eggs or milk listed there before you, you know, check through the rest of the ingredients. But that can be a quick way to assess if a drink mix powder or something is vegan. Faith, what are uh, some good resources? I know PETA has a great website, but what are some resources for parents who want to research what the different alternatives are and what what they might uh, uh, be able to, to introduce and, and uh, expose their kids to to develop um, menu items that they can use for packing lunches and even for snacks around the house. Well, we have a lot of great tips for parents on raising vegan kids. That includes recipes for lunches, you know, fun vegan desserts to make together as a family, snack ideas, so many things at pedakids.com. And I also recommend uh, to parents who are concerned about, you know, will my, will my child get all the nutrients they need on a vegan diet? They absolutely will. But you can visit plantbasedjuniors.com which is just a wonderful site run by two registered dietitian moms that's filled with some helpful information and guidance on raising vegan kids. Well, that's wonderful. Faith, thank you so much for spending this time with me and the listeners this morning. Um, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know uh, where they can find out more about you and uh, about the work that you do. Um, 
what is the website for PETA again? You can visit our main website at PETA.org or our PETA Kids website is just PETAKids.com. Well, my my guest is um, a senior strategist at PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, Faith Robinson. Faith, thank you so much for spending this time with me and the listeners, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Take care. And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Which is very cool. Or if you wish a dish that's Chinese, somewhere down in Columbia there's lobster Cantonese. Enchiladas, that's what people eat in Mexico. Shish kebab is skewered in Armenia, you know. Then there's blubber, the favorite of the frigid Eskimo. Such delicious dishes, no matter where you go. Chicken cacciatore is Italian. Kangaroo souffle must be Australian. Mutton chops are definitely British. Chicken soup undoubtedly is Yiddish. Pumpernickel comes from Lithuania. Hansen comes from Pennsylvania. Wiener schnitzel's Austrian or German. Kindly pass the sauerbrot and Herman. Borscht is what they're eating in the Soviet. Wait, I think we've got some on the stove yet. <laughs> See the mouse underneath the jungle sky. Jolly mouse. Mouse eating missionary pie. <laughs> Frenchmen eat a lot of bouillabaisse there. Dutchmen eat a sauce called hollandaise there. Smorgasbord in Sweden is the winner. In America, it's TV dinner. <laughs> so there you have one food from each land. Each one delicious, each one simply grand. Mix them all up. In one big mishmash, and what have you got? Hungarian goulash. Hey! This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Generation. 
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Well, hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say thanks to all of my guests, uh, starting with this last hour that we spent talking with Faith Robinson from PETA. She is their senior strategist uh, at People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And uh, she's talking about, um, you know, it won't be that long before we're talking about back to school and packing lunch boxes for kids and all that kind of stuff. And... She's talking about uh, ways that you can assist your kids in in, uh, the ones that that make the decision that want to go vegan. And before that, we talked with um, uh, marriage and family therapist uh, and author of the Paper Tiger Syndrome. Um, And... uh, Shoot, I had her name right in front of me, and how I could forget it, I do not know. Oh, well, of course, Rebecca Ward. And uh, the book is uh, The Paper Tiger Syndrome, How to Liberate Yourself from the Illusion of Fear. Very interesting conversation with Rebecca. And we started out with Stephen Mesnick from Viasat, Inc. He is the general manager for their U.S. broadband division. And we were talking about the digital divide, which he says is real and getting wider all the time. So, interesting uh, conversations. Tomorrow, don't forget, um, and don't get so caught up listening to tomorrow's show that you uh, forget to get out and vote in the primary. Uh, Some interesting uh, primaries going on locally, especially the uh, GOP primary for governor um also tomorrow on the show we're going to be talking about ibm security and and uh and some other things uh second chances when it comes to incarceration and then wednesday of course we'll be reviewing the uh, tomorrow's election with our armchair politics roundtable featuring our roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter joined by Janworth Nelson. We're also going to talk about the the way that uh, Florida and California governors DeSantis and Newsom are dealing with solar power. So interesting stuff coming up this week. So I'll be back tomorrow with another edition. I hope you will be too. In the meantime, good night everybody. It's a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, 
find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.